PR nightmare on our hands. Ah! Come on, lay down. You're good. You lay down. I know. You're good dog. You're a good dog. Can you can you lay down though? Can you just lay? Can you lay down? Can you lay down, please? You're so close. You're so close. Just, yeah, just lay down. Can you lay down, please? Good. Yep. Just all the way. All the way would be cool. Okay, you can stay. It's fine. Um, okay, perfect. So, Temperamental has been in real trouble lately. Absolute nightmare. A PR nightmare. So, last week, in episode four... I talked for a good 10 minutes about Burlington Coat Factory and how much I hate it. There are no coats inside Burlington Coat Factory. No coats. Where are the coats, Burlington Coat Factory? Where are the coats? Because I've known about Burlington Coat Factory my whole life. Vivid memories of being dragged there as a child over and over and over to find a winter coat, a summer coat, a fall spring, any kind of coat. You go to Burlington Coat Factory, they're a factory, they make coats, everybody knows this. So I went off on a whole thing about how I want to rebrand Burlington Coat Factory as, uh, what is it, BCF, (laughs) BCF. Because the name is too long and they're not a factory and they don't have coats and it made me very, very angry. Um, And I I just went on and on and on for many, many minutes. Um, And then uh, because I don't have a producer or anybody fact-checking me, I just put it out. I just put it out live. And turns out it's actually not called Burlington Co. Factory anymore. Hmm. It's just called Burlington's. Oh, no. They did go through a rebrand. I wanted to rebrand them so badly. Um, but turns out they already went through a rebrand, but then, well, actually let's go back. So I got the messages from the fans. Hey, not called Burlington Co. Factory anymore. All of your arguments are invalid. It's actually just called Burlington's. And I sat in this feeling for a little bit. You have to go, you have to self-hate a little bit, right? I blame myself. I was angry. I was sad. I was like, I ruined my career. And I sat in the self-loathing because I'm comfortable there and it feels good. Um, But then that actually quickly fluttered away. That feeling, gone. And the anger set in. And I got so angry that I started making phone calls. (laughs) I started calling my friends and people that I know saying, yo, did you know that Burlington Co. Factory is just called Burlington's right now? And that's actually not co-factory anymore. And let me tell you, I called about 10 people. Nine out of 10 of them had no idea. They all still thought it was called Burlington Coat Factory, as I did. There's only one person who knew, and that was my best friend Cassie, because she knows everything. Um, And she was like, yeah, you idiot. Did you read the sign when you went to it? And I went, no. I just saw the Burlington and then there's like more letters. I just kind of blacked out and went inside looking for a coat because I have been uh, programmed to know that that's Burlington Co. Factory and they have coats and they didn't have coats and I was very upset. So good for you, Burlington Co. Factory. Yay. You did a rebrand that nobody knows about and you, you're terrible and you abandon everything you stood for. 
You used to be all about the coats. You were all about the coats. You were all in on the coats, and I respect that. I respect being all in on the coats. All in on one thing, right? You're going to do it. You're going to do it good. Uh, but no, they just backtracked, and they're like, what if we didn't do coats? What if we did everything? What if we just did a little bit of everything? A little bit of everything all of the time. What if we did that? What if we just, instead of like selling really cool coats and being known for coats, we just sold just crap, just a bunch of cheap, horrible crap. Let's do that. <laughs> They're just panicking. They're trying to keep up with, um, dun, 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 TJ Maxx, you should go. Trying to keep up with TJ Maxx, trying to keep up with um, Ross and all this. Thing. But anyway, I'm not rehashing this. This was totally last episode. But anyway, I just want to let everybody know in the comments that I'm now fully aware that Burlington Coat Factory is not called that anymore, and it's been um, that way since like the '90s. <laughs> but hey, if your if your rebrand, if nobody knows about your rebrand, you did a bad job. I like to think I'm a pretty aware person. I I usually know the name of the store that I'm walking into. Uh, I would have said 100% of the time until this just happened and I realized I didn't actually read the sign. Um, but you did a bad job, mm -mm 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 -mm. and you made me even angrier than I was last week. That was a really, really loud truck. And also I need to adjust a couple of these camera angles cause they're bad. Please hold. All right, I'm back and I'm gonna sing you a song. Maybe. Can't fit my guitar in here. Mama put my guns in the ground I can't shoot them anymore Why would I put them in the ground? That's a very weird spot for them The long black cloud is coming down Hope it doesn't rain on my guns in the ground and create mud Feels like I'm knocking on Evan's door Oh, it's a metaphor for death, I get it now Knock, knock, knocking on Heaven's door Knock, knock, knocking on Heaven's door Actually, you would not knock on Heaven's door. You would pull up in God's driveway and send him a text that says, here. <laughs> Imagine knocking on Heaven's door and uh, all the dogs, all the dead dogs from the Rainbow Bridge are just like, roo, 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 roo. and God's like, get, get, turn the pipe down, I got it. Shh, shh. Just everywhere, just every dead dog. <laughs> so disrespectful to knock on heaven's door once, let alone three times. Um, dude, I hate when people knock on my door. I hate when people ring my doorbell. I've been thinking about your doorbell when you No, it's my door. I've been thinking about my doorbell when you're gonna ring it. When you're gonna ring it? You're not. Don't ring my doorbell. I just, I don't even know why I have a doorbell. I wish I didn't. I wish that people, like any stranger that came to my house, they would just like look around for the doorbell and be confused and then just go home. Because I'm scared of strangers and I don't like when they come to my house. And they're usually trying to sell me things that I don't want, but I'm too nice to send them away and tell them to like F off. So I'm just, I listen to them for like 20 minutes. Um, and um, then usually just buy whatever. <laughs> like I said before, it's easier to just buy it and just get through it, get away from it. Um, so I live in Las Vegas, everybody knows this, and if you didn't, now you do. And we have lots of really cool things that go down in Las Vegas, like cool shows and events, 
and uh, just stuff that happens here that doesn't happen other places. And one of those is the Punk Rock Museum. Mm, yes, it's brand new. And uh, I had such a blast. Maybe I'll show some pictures and videos if I remember. All right, we're at the Punk Rock Museum in Las Vegas. Sean, would you like to tell me what your drink is? Well, it's obviously the Fletcher, which of course is a rum and coke. In a full-size Pringles can. In a Pringles can. Were there chips recently oh, in it? They dump them out. They put them in here. So you're gonna get like chip remnants in your drink. I already have. Um, you got the double fatty. I got the double fatty, which is uh, liquid death, and vodka. And it also in here. naturally. And a shot, of course. Jameson. Jameson. Can't wait. So after we went through the museum, we saw all the memorabilia. We love memorabilia. We like to look at clothes that were worn by people that we know. Oh, there was a um, there was like a, a puzzle, like the Clash puzzle. Dude, there's a Clash jigsaw puzzle. Sean, I would do it. You love 181 puzzles. pieces. How's that possible? <laughs> Why 181? I don't know. It's so specific. And they had all these leather jackets, and they had like a whole misfit section, and they had um, they like. God, what is the what is the garage? This is the Pennywise garage. The actual carpet on the walls. I love the Metallica poster too. Insane. Oh, Pennywise. Okay, yep, I'm back. They recreated Pennywise's uh, garage. They took like all the carpet off the actual garage and they recreated it and it's there and you can visit it and it's way cool. And I was sitting there having a drink after I saw the museum and I was like trying to think of when the first time... What was the first time in my life that I was introduced to punk rock or I like became a fan of punk rock and I was able to completely pinpoint it? I was an awkward theater kid, loved theater, and my best friend at the time was also in theater with me and that's basically all we listened to and we loved show tunes and, um, you know, we were weird like that and we owned it. We owned our weirdness. We were proud of it. But one day she showed up at my house in like baggy shorts and puffy sneakers you know those sneakers that are real puffy you like tie your laces around the tongue so it puffs out even more they were real puffy and I'm like what's going on here and she's like oh I listen to blink 182 now and I thought oh well I think what you mean is that we listen to blink 182 now because you're my best friend and we do everything together so whatever this band is I'm in I'm all in and that's when I first started listening to um, Blink-182, and I was instantly hooked. And this was very unlike me at this age. I did not really listen to this type of music at all. So it was, um, it was like I leveled up. It was like a next level for me in my life, having this musical door opened. And then after that, I would say my next introduction to punk rock, which is everybody's introduction to punk rock probably is, let's say it together, one, two, three, Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Yes, dude, best, best game soundtrack. So, so, so good. Revolutionized punk rock, probably. That's a claim that I'm making that's probably wrong. Um, I'm wrong often, as we have established at the beginning of this episode. But I'm just going to own it. I've been wrong on the internet almost my whole life. <laughs> I used to say lots of things about video games that, like, <laughs> I'd, I'd see in the comments afterward they'd be like actually that was not on Sega Genesis that was only on SNES so like you stupid idiot and I'd be like you're right I am stupid and then we wonder why I have anxiety and self-loathing yes anyway um 
we were talking about how it feels like Dave Grohl is the mayor of rock and roll. And it almost feels like Tony Hawk's like the mayor of punk rock. (laughs) And Jerry Seinfeld is the mayor of comedy and we could keep going, but we're not going to. Uh, Anyway, but like, yeah, the Tony Hawk soundtrack is probably where I heard like rage for the first time, Um, like the Vandals and God, Goldfinger and Primus, like all these bands that I didn't know of before I played Tony Hawk. That game was so amazing. And it's actually similar to um, Rock Band. There were so many bands that I learned of because of Rock Band. And I would, um, and you don't just learn them, you like really learn them because you're trying to play them, you're trying to sing them with your friends, like you want to master it. So you're not just like listening to them, you're like digging in. There was like so many, like to this day, I cannot hear a Stone Temple Pilot song without thinking of rock band. And those were some good times with my friends. Even like Queens of the Stone Age, I feel like every time I hear it, I think back to, uh, to rock band, playing with my friends. Good times. <laughs> oh my gosh. So there's this song called Maps. This was from rock band, I believe. I had not heard of this song before rock band um but it's called maps and it's like a sad song about like a breakup wait hold how does it go hold on where did pit go here it is okay yeah it's like something like how does it go um wait they don't love you like i love you not sound like the right chords but anyway I never understood why they said maps in that song um it's like a love song it's like a breakup song it's almost like it was written by about a guy named Matt like she wrote it about a guy named Matt so she's like they don't love you like I love you Matt and then Matt was like you can't sing this about me you need to protect my identity so she's like maps (laughs) so then it became maps or my other theory is that um, my other theory is that the couple's on like a road trip, and they're like driving down the interstate, and she's confessing her feelings and trying to work through her emotions and her love. But then he interrupts and he's like, "What exit do we take? How do we get there?" And she's like, "Maps." <laughs> they don't love you like I love you. She's interrupted and she's like, "Maps." And then, but also, I love you. That's the worst joke I've ever made in my life. <laughs> Let's look up why it is maps. Why do they say maps? Okay, we're gonna look it up together. Okay, it's a band called the Yeah Yeah Yes. Great name, by the way. Should we be the Yaz? No. The Yeah Yes? No. Yeah Yeah Yes? Bingo. Nailed it. Maps stands for My Angus Please Stay. Aw, the song is about the relationship between Liar's frontman Angus Andrew and Yeah 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 Yes lead singer Karen. Oh, that's really sweet, actually. Oh, now I feel like a jerk because I was making fun of the song. Um, but in an endearing way, I do actually like the song. My Angus, please stay. Maps. Now we know. Boom. Educational. We're educational here on this show. So I'm going to, this is, this is a thousand degrees. Gosh, I'm just holding a heater. So I'm going to tell an all that story because I promised that I would. And the first one that comes to mind is uh, 
you know, Jamie Lynn Spears. So Jamie Lynn was Britney Spears' little sister. She was my girl. I loved her. She was on two seasons of All That with me. And, you know, she was a couple years younger than me. Um, but she's, but still like we were a crew, we all fit together. Like, you know, we were all like BFFs and you know, when you're like hanging out with a group of friends and then you're all talking about like the same topic. And then one of them just like randomly pops up with the weirdest thing you've ever heard in your life. (laughs) You'll all be talking about like Dungeons and Dragons and like talking about the rules or whatever. And then your friend is just like, how come the pictures are square when the camera lenses are round? And you're just like, what? (laughs) So it's that, it was that vibe. We were all hanging out on set. We were running through a cold open. We had our scripts. It was like, you know, a a Tuesday before the run through, we're trying to memorize. We're trying to, we're blocking it. That's where they tell you like where to go. When you say this, We're, we're choreographing the scene basically is what blocking is. So we're blocking it. We're all talking about it. And then just out of the blue, Jamie Lynn's like, what if we had a bird? (laughs) We're all just like, (laughs) what? We're talking about like the scene. We've been talking about the scene for 10 minutes. And she's like, what if we had a bird? (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? So she's like, I don't know. What if just we had like a bird? (laughs) In her freaking adorable accent. So cute. And we're like, okay, I, I'm not sure what to do with this information. Even the director was like, what is she, what's talk, what is she talking about? But then the next day, um, the crew was super funny and super sweet. And we were, we were running through that same cold open scene. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of it, this bird on a wire, a fake bird on a wire, just drops into the, into the scene, like out of the rafters. <laughs> And we all start laughing and Jamie Lynn was like, oh my God, my bird. It was the funnest thing. They were like the crew. They were just as fun and childish as we were in the best way. Like we, we all got along and it was such a good environment. And uh, I just always remember that. How like the day, was like, why don't we had a bird? <laughs> like, what? And then the next day they prank her and they drop a bird into the scene. And I loved it. And I will always remember that. And it was a fun time. Oh, and then the other thing I was going to show you guys was... Oh, I'm even blocking it with my drink. Mm, 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 mm. Imagine winning, like, the best award of your life that means more to you than anything. And you just put your drink in front of it. (laughs) Um, Okay, so here's my Kids' Choice Award. I should keep it in some kind of case or glass box to protect it from my kids in the world and Kevin, mostly Kevin, but I don't because I love it so much. I just want it around all the time because growing up, I used to watch the kids choice awards every single year with my cousin, Danny. We'd sit and we'd play with, I don't know why I remember this very specific memory, but we'd play with, um, hot wheels cars and we'd build like really big, like hot wheels tracks while watching the kids choice awards. Like every year we did this. So then fast forward, there is a Kevin hair on my face. It's absolutely driving me crazy. Get off, get off, get off. So fast forward many years later, and I'm actually on a Nickelodeon show, and not only do I get to attend the Kids' Choice Awards every year, I'm nominated! I'm nominated, and I'm so excited. I didn't think we had a shot. Even though we were super popular, I don't know. I just was like, there's just no way it's going to happen. There's no way this dream's going to come true. 
Because it was a huge dream to win a Kids Choice Award, to hold the blimp, the whole thing, go up on stage, do the <sighs> fulfill the prophecy. Um, so I was certain it wasn't going to happen. But we did. But we won. And the kids vo- voted for us. And we were favorite TV show in 2004. So not only did I get to like hold a blimp, I got to win it and own it and it's mine. And I'm going to try really hard to get this up to the camera to show you what it's like on the inside because it's a kaleidoscope. Let's see if I can do this. Okay. All right, I'm going to use this camera. This is taking serious skill. Is it going to focus? Come on. Come on, focus. All right, so here's inside the Kids' Choice Award. It's a legit kaleidoscope. Oh my God, I can't even hold it steady. What's wrong with me? Um, yeah. So, I guess I could have just told, I guess I, I guess I could have just told you that inside is a kaleidoscope and you're like, I've seen one before, instead of (laughs) trying to show it to you. But yeah, but anyway, I won a Kids' Choice Award and it means so much to me. I honestly feel like just like I'd love to win an Oscar or a Grammy or an Emmy or like whatever I'd love obviously any performer thespian actor singer whatever would love to win any of those but there's just something really special about a kid's choice award because I did not grow up watching the Emmys or the Grammys or the Oscars I did not really give a crap but I did care about the kid's choice award so I don't know great memories great fun um I'm a winner is what I'm trying to say I'm a big award winner how long have we gone? Where are we at? Boom. Perfect. Um, thank you guys so much for watching. I'm going to wrap this episode up. Um, I'm so appreciative of your viewership. Thank you so much for watching every single week and commenting and sending me messages. I'm getting like emails and DMs from you guys. Um, I love hanging out in the comments and it just really means a lot to me for you guys to subscribe and follow and listen and watch and comment more than anything comment. I like talking to you guys like having, you know, a chat chat with you guys i love you all thank you so much have a wonderful day mm, hit the microphone so hard hit it it's falling Mwah. well like riley we're gonna freeze frame it just like <laughs>